John and Sam in Japan, the international comedy podcast. Theme tune time. Let's go, John. John and Sam in Japan. John and Sam in Japan. John and Sam in Japan. I told you there's no way I'm singing. Come on. John and Sam in Japan. John and Sam in Japan. Yeah. John and Sam in Japan. Never gonna happen. And put your clothes back on, it's just weird. Ah, never! John and Sam in Japan, the international comedy podcast. Welcome to the show. He is John. <laughs> okay, and he's Sam. I see we go for a bit of a two Ronnie start there then. <laughs> yep, love a bit of two Ronnies. And this is John and Sam in Japan, the international comedy podcast. So, John, this is our very first show. Are you excited? Oh, uh, yeah. Massively, probably about as excited as my wife is when she gets a money off coupon for uh, something we don't need. <laughs> That's pretty excited. <laughs> yeah, or more so if it's even possible. So go on in, Sam, episode one. Uh, why don't you tell the listeners what we've got in store? Uh, yeah, so this is John and Sam in Japan. The International Comedy Podcast. Yep, the International Comedy Podcast. Uh, it's a comedy podcast. Because, I mean, that's in the title. Uh, <laughs> yeah. do, you, do you think this is going to be funny? I'm hoping so. <laughs> yeah, because I'm guessing the listeners would have heard comedy from actual professional comedians. Yeah, probably. So, you know, I think... Calling ourselves John and Sam in Japan, the International Comedy Podcast, is a bit like that guy who decided to build a rocket in his back guy. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> wow. You know, if this does actually get off the ground, there's a good chance we're going to crash and burn. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, uh, well, fingers crossed. I mean, yeah. I see you're always the optimist. No, I'm pretty sure this is going to be great. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to start again. Yeah, because... Uh, Good luck, no pressure. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this is this is John and Sam in Japan, and in this episode, we're going to have live stand-up comedy from Ruben VM, an interview with Dutch Egyptian comedian Hager, and the answer to, answer to the burning question: What rule does your partner try to impose on you? So, it's a packed show. Yeah, good, 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 good. Let's get on with it. But first, this. This is JNSNJ News. Okay, in this section of the show, John and I will bring you some news stories that you might have missed. Yep, so we've both found uh, a, one story each that hasn't really made the headline news, although it probably should have. And for all the listeners out there, if you find any news stories that you think aren't getting the credit they deserve, please send them in and we'd love to see them and maybe feature them on the show. Yep, so for sure you can contact us on Facebook, Twitter or johnandsaminjapan.com. So go on and... Uh, Let's get started. All right. So what have you got for me? Uh, well, the first story I found, being bald, it has yeah. particular resonance for me. It was a mullet festival in Kurikuri in oh. Australia. Mullet festival. So this is the hair, not the fish. The hair, not the fish. <laughs> yes. So a Hunter Valley town, which some claim is the Australian home of the mullet hairstyle. So the, the mullet's got a home. According to the uh, the press release, they hold a festival to celebrate the cut, which arguably epitomised toughness and sexuality in the late 1980s. All yeah, right. Who's your, yeah. If you had to name your, well, the most famous person with a mullet that you could think of, just off the top of your head, um, I was a big fan of the uh, of Neighbours when I was a kid. So oh, okay. Jason Donovan, Jason Donovan's mullet it sticks <laughs> out pretty pretty well. Oh, I was always the John Rambo, <laughs> the John Rambo mullet. Um, okay, well, it says that this festival, uh, they, it's a competition, yeah. and the award the best mullet in five categories uh the everyday mullet the grubby mullet sounds disgusting <laughs> is that just like an unwashed mullet is that what they i mean? have no idea i'm guessing that's what it is uh i'm the, glad to see you've done your research <laughs> <laughs> the ranga mullet do you know what that is 
Ranga. R-A-N-G-A. So if it's in Australia, like kangaroo mullet? I have no idea what that would look like. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know either. No, Ranga, I had to check on the internet. It's ginger. A ginger mullet? Mm, Ginger mullet. Sounds sexy. Very much so. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. And then ladies and junior mullet. And then a publican. Publican. Mm. I like the idea of a junior mullet. (laughs) I think it's child abuse, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. Then the person with the best mullet of them all will be crowned. Uh, So the the lady who's organised the event, uh, whose husband boasts a razor-shaved skullet. I have no idea. (laughs) No. I don't know if that means he's like bald on top and then he's just got You could do one of those. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So she said they've had 50 entries. There's the hardcore tough mullets, but also the uh, the coiffed, well-cared-for kind. But the global origins of shot on top go back as far as the Roman Empire. What, the the mullet comes from the Roman Empire? Yeah. Do you think think they had like dodgy tashes in the Roman Empire too? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Why would that make it any better or worse no because i just i really associate the mullet and the tash oh okay like i don't really feel like it's complete if you don't have both oh for me the australian mullet would be tashless tashless mullet. yeah i think the american sort of south mullet would be with tash tash. (laughs) tashed and not tashed um well, the woman said in uh, who's organising the event she said they need more redheads and ladies to enter. So she said, I see plenty of lady mullets walking around town, but they've not signed up because I think they're a bit shyer than proud male mullets. A lady mullet. I mean... Uh, I know that's technically called a femullet or a fillet. Yep. I did my research. <laughs> so you've, you've wasted quite a lot of brain space on this. Yep. Female mullet presumably would be tashless. And you'd hope so, wouldn't yeah. Because you? <laughs> <laughs> if they had both, it'd be quite off putting. Yeah. Uh, not to say that it, there isn't a certain element of uh, impressiveness that would be there. What you'd, <laughs> you'd be impressed by a woman with a bullet and a moustache. Well, I'd certainly think that she's pulling something off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know, if she'd, I wanted to pull it mine off. <laughs> this is JNSNJ News. All right, so, well, go on in. What have you got for me? Uh, right, so I've got, um, I thought, uh, John and Sam in Japan, I thought I should find some some story that was kind of relevant to Japan a little bit. So I've gone with, uh, the headline is, Sushi Fanatic Rethinks Raw Fish After Pulling Tapeworm from Body. Oh, nice. Now, I want you to have a guess. How long do you think the tapeworm was? I mean... I studied... Uh parasitology at university so i'm gonna go between three to five meters <laughs> <laughs> oh you've done that uh you've done that classic one where you've overestimated oh, really? so you've actually made the a real answer not as impressive right well, <laughs> so I'm... if you could do it again and let's say a lower number how long do you think it would be it's not got a very good tape then how big is it like it's five <laughs> five foot so Which about is... five foot would be 150 centimetres. Right. So my, uh, my university professor, he, he was on a TV show, like uh, I think it was National Geographic, where he gave himself tapeworms and then put it out on the garden lawn and measured it. And it was, yeah. All right. Oh, so this guy, he needs to really yeah. get buck his ideas no, no, up. Yeah. It's a bit of a crap tapeworm. Yeah. Um, I'll give you the story a little bit. The, uh, he he was not feeling very well, so he went. I won't give you all the exact symptoms, but I'm sure you can imagine. Um, he went to the the doctors, went to the emergency room, and um, the doctor said, "In Japan, 
No, this was in America, San Francisco. Oh, right. So, you know, it's uh, <laughs> fake sushi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing to do <laughs> with the sushi. Japanese. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, he went in there and then the doctor, the doctor said, oh, what's the problem? He said, I've got this thing. It was in my body and now it's in the bag. And then he took a look at it. He said, it, the doctor said, I opened it up and I took out a toilet paper roll and wrapped around it is, of course, this giant long, what looks like flat tapeworm. Right. Um, so he had some abdominal pain and then, after he'd opened the bag, the tapeworm was still alive. It started yeah. moving. So, Ugh. yeah. Uh, he was curious where it came from. So how did he know it was definitely sushi? Well, they're not 100% sure, but he said um, the doctor asked him about risk factors, like whether he'd been overseas or anything like that. But he said the only thing that stood out was that he consumed raw salmon almost every day oh, right. um, and that maybe it wasn't uh, stored properly right. or something like that. He said the worm had probably been growing inside the man's body for about six months. Mm. And the man had eaten sushi at many different sushi places, so it would be impossible to figure out which location was responsible. Right. Um, so if you're in San Francisco... <laughs> Make sure your sushi's cooked. Yeah. <laughs> it's international. Time for an interview. John, who have we got for this episode? Uh, so for this episode, we've got uh, Hager. She's a Dutch-Egyptian comedian, very, very funny. And she's recently just come back from doing four months of comedy in Holland. And she gave up her Sunday afternoon to come and talk to me and you in a karaoke box in Ebis, Tokyo. So enjoy. So, Hager, uh, you just got back to Japan from the Netherlands. Correct. How was it? Uh, it was very white. What? <laughs> I like this snow, room right snow. now. Uh, yeah, it was the snow. Uh, how long were you there for? I was there for four months. I went uh, for some work, and then the work was really boring, so I did a lot of comedy. Oh, wow. That was really good. And what about the comedy out there? Uh, the comedy out there is interesting, because uh, one, I'm obviously not a white male comedian. Which, uh, <laughs> I know, Just... surprise. <laughs> So is it just mostly men then? It's mostly men, yeah. So the the scene is actually growing. So it used to be like 10 years ago, there was no English language comedy at all in Holland. It was all just Dutch and um, just a lot of interesting uh, stereotypes about the people living there, obviously. What sort of thing? Like, uh, you know, um, we have predominantly, the minorities in Holland are those from uh, the former colonies of Holland. So like the Caribbean islands. And then you have the Moroccans and the Turkish. So it's just a lot of tripe about, oh, you can't really trust them. Oh, really? <laughs> so, Holland's racist. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? His words, not mine. Uh, that was, uh, uh, my name's John. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, how big is the comedy scene compared to, say, like, Tokyo? It's definitely bigger, yeah. So oh, right. when you when you sign up for things, it's not you're not likely to, to go on. Um, and you sign up months in advance as well for some of the shows. Oh, wow. And there are quite a lot of different promoters just in Amsterdam alone, and then there are different promoters all over the country. Um, the best scene is probably like in the the big city, so Amsterdam, Rotterdam, um, even The Hague, where I live. <laughs> it's small; it's a political seat, but they still have comedy there. And uh, but the best crowd is obviously the tourist crowd in in Amsterdam. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's for sure. They'll laugh at anything, <laughs> <laughs> and I love them for it. Yeah. <laughs> So do but you no. have any, any paid shows 
that you can get on? Or? Yes. There, um, some of the shows are definitely paid, but you have to sort of work your way up for that, right. especially because um, I went there in September and I had never done any comedy in Holland before, even no. though I used to live there before. And then um, you get your first chance at one show and then another promoter sees you and then it's like word of mouth. Right. And before you know it, you can just go on all the shows. I mean, if, if, if you're if you're okay, if you make people laugh. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, obviously. I just slept around <laughs> with everyone. But I did notice something. So the big cities, comedy is fine, and you have really good audience, and you can really have fun with them. But then if you're doing it for a predominantly Dutch crowd in, let's say, a village, then you have to be really careful. Like, I, I, didn't, I could never go on stage and perform with this, like, normal speaking voice, normal accent, because they wouldn't accept it. They're like... Wait, she's coming on stage, she's not performing in Dutch, she's trying to make us laugh with humor, making fun of the Dutch, and A, she's not even white, goddammit, <laughs> what is this? So they were totally unaccepting of that, and just, I, you know, they wouldn't laugh. Like, there would be, like, one person in the crowd sort of laughing, oh, that's, that's really funny, <laughs> you know? So what kind rest. of material would you have to do to those sort of audiences then? The exact same material, but then, John, I would speak like this the whole time. <laughs> no way. I kid you not, I swear. <laughs> it is like this, okay? Wow. Yes. I, did, I don't know if I would dare to ask, what, what accent is that? This is my fabricated Arab-Egyptian uh, in Dutch accent. Wow. I kid you not. So if you did this, this voice... If I do this voice, everything is accepted, and they will laugh. Right. John, it's I very scary. Do the voice. Okay. Do the voice. <laughs> yeah. okay. It is no problem. <laughs> no, it is a problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've already talked about this, haven't we, doing accents? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been told I'm not allowed. He's not allowed to do accents. It's <laughs> probably a good thing. Actually. Yeah, yeah. It's the Australian <laughs> one I oppose the most. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> was it? <laughs> it was a South African one that was it's a right. oh. <laughs> yeah. I'll edit that bit out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So how about like the day day to day life like Holland compared to Japan? What's the So here's the thing. Like when in Japan as an Egyptian there are some expectations, right? Like um, they just expect me to be able to uh, you know, walk like an Egyptian all the time here. <laughs> walk like an Egyptian. I clearly don't do that. <laughs> Haven't walked sideways in a really long time. <laughs> They beat it out of me in Holland, damn it. <laughs> no, but you get used to certain things when you, when you're, when you live in Japan, right? You get used to people like just on an escalator, just oh, walking, side, just standing yeah. to the side, doing that sort of thing. Or my favorite part is uh, people actually going into any train in an orderly fashion and managing to fit like a hundred people into a carriage. Yeah. In Holland, that's not the case. So um, I just remember... Their idea of a busy carriage is 10 people in there. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And they all cram around the door. So I was like, okay, this is my chance. I'm going to make the people of Japan super proud of me. <laughs> so I got out and started pushing people in. Sumimasen! <laughs> 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 Push them in! Now, did you have the white gloves on? Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> I didn't want to touch these people with my bare hands. <laughs> Living in Holland and your background's e Egypt. Can you explain? I don't know. Can you explain yourself? What are you? Yeah, what are you exactly? Are you? Um, no, I was born in Egypt and uh, we moved to Holland when I was young. Right. My, my dad just kind of went, nah, let's all just get into a car and, and leave. So, do you still have like a lot of 
ties to Egypt or? My family still lives there. They, uh, yeah, every time my mum goes to Egypt, some revolutionary activity seems to occur. <laughs> yeah. I think it's usually like a trigger. I don't know if it's a coincidence or a correlation. <laughs> I haven't figured it out yet. But, uh, she has the accent, so I mean. <laughs> All right. She gets people going, that's for sure. So when you're doing that accent, you're actually channeling your mother. I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did the accent for her. She's like, who is this? <laughs> yeah. I was like, no. So what, give us a sample of your mum. What would she have shouted at you when you were a kid? <laughs> give us a sample of your mum. <laughs> Just give Lots us cookies. Or, 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 cookies. I don't think we need that, <laughs> rephrase that mm. can you do an impression of your mother yes <laughs> but what would she have like shouted at you go on, give us the, the full accent of your mom when why you were a kid why are you married <laughs> <laughs> why are you with him <laughs> where are my grandkids does she yeah. oh, that's good though he eats her food that's why ah you see it helps yeah it does anyone who eats her food and if she calls you by if she has a nickname for you then she likes you oh right yeah. if she calls you by her actual name she's like mm. She called you John, didn't she? Yeah. Very much. <laughs> she won't talk to you. The, the full name, actually, John McBride. John, yeah. yeah, that's what my mum said when uh, she's angry. John, John McBride. Because you're not Jonathan, are you? No, just no God, no. Oh, God, no. Yeah. Jonathan. John. That's my granddad was John, my dad was John, I was John. Oh, really? Mm. I told her when uh, me and my wife were having kids, if it was a boy, because we made an agreement, if it was a girl, she could name the girl. And if it was a boy, I could name it. It's obviously in Japan. I wanted to call it Johnny. Because John Knee, John Two. Uh, uh, yeah, I actually hated that. Oh, right, yeah. is it? Yeah. We, had a, we, had a, we had a girl. <laughs> we had a girl on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And then you just had your second baby recently. Yeah. Uh, well, congratulations, congratulations on Layla. The second girl. girl. Yeah. yeah. So, so Karma. Staunchly refusing to have a boy. Yeah. That's good. It was Johnny or. Mm, June, My mum did June. that too. To. Just refuse to have a boy. Huh? Yeah. I was supposed to be a boy. <laughs> I was going to be called Mustafa. <laughs> really? <laughs> Mustafa face of an angel. Is that... Oh! Yeah. oh you got me! <laughs> My uh, youngest sister... I've got two brothers, two sisters. My youngest sister, when she was born, the nurse took her out of the, the room to clean her up and my mum and dad thought it was a boy and they were a little bit good because that had been four boys. And so they came back and the nurse said, have you thought of a name? And Thomas. And the woman went, uh, she's got a vagina. Oh, <laughs> 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 <Well>, Alicia then. <laughs> <laughs> It was the umbilical cord they thought it was a penis. <laughs> Impressive. <Yeah. laughs> oh, Wait. takes after his dad. <laughs> <laughs> penis on his belly button. <laughs> what's the uh, what's the sense of humour like in Egypt? What kind of things do they find funny? Is it just like the universal stuff, or is, is uh, it like a unique kind of? It's it's pretty much every everything. You can get away with a lot in Egypt, so it's not we we're not a big fan of the slapstick comedy. Yeah, like a bit more deeper comedy is fun. Like, I remember when I was younger, we used to go to these um, comedy theater, and that was so much fun. That was I remember that was very good influence on sort of the comedy style. It's just I don't even know how to explain it right. because we're very we like making really terrible jokes like. When the revolution was happening, they, they had this joke about uh, Mubarak, and uh, they go, so uh, President Obama called uh, President Mubarak, and, and he said, um, you know, um, Hosni, <laughs> you best prepare your goodbye speech. And Mubarak answers him and goes, 
why? Where are the Egyptian people going? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's, it's that kind of yeah. you know, humor. Oh, it's, it's fun. I like it. Cultural faux pas. I mean, that's. It's, I think it's more language stuff that you that you do. So you asked for my mum. Yeah. Uh, what my mum sounds like. Well, my favorite part is whenever she goes to the market in Holland, and uh, the word for lace is is kant. Oh, <laughs> it gets better. The word for ass or butt is kont. <laughs> so, <laughs> she's asking usually for a meter of ass <laughs> at the market. So, what was the? If you want to say that full sentence, how would you say it? I want a meter of lace. Yeah. <laughs> in 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 Dutch. Yeah. I, ik wil een meter kant. Okay, so you go first. Oh well, one more time. I'm rubbish sure at languages, Conan. Ik wil een meter kant. There's a meter kant. You said the last bit, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not my turn. No. Ik wil één meter kant. Ik wil één meter kant. Nice. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, yeah, well done. Kees had yeah. de So, thanks to Hager for coming down to chat with us. All of her information uh, can be found at our website, johnandsaminjapan.com. So now, just time for a word from our sponsors. Howdy y'all, Bob here from Bob's English, the most well-known English language school in the Tokyo area. We are currently accepting applications for new students. Why should you study here? Well heck, I'll tell you why. Some of our teachers are native English speakers. Hell, some of them even went to university, or at least some fancy pants high school. At Bob's English, you can learn all the important grammar stuff. We'll teach you loads of words, and even what them words mean. Get to our website and remember, in Bob's English, you can learn to speak English proper. Yo, Johnny McBee and Samuel T, two Brits took a shit over a cup of tea. Probably a spot of milk and a crumpet, please. With someone else cooking in the kitchen, could someone answer the burning question? So, John, what's happening with this part of the show? Okay, so in this part of the show, we take a burning question and we try to answer it. Uh, that's right, and we'd love the listeners to join in. So if you have any ideas for a burning question, or if you have an answer to the burning question that you want to share, please get in touch. Yep, and also, uh, the burning question never closes. So if you're listening to this in 2025 or whenever, and you want to answer to this episode's question, please still you know, drop us a line. That's right. Contact info can be found at johnandsaminjapan.com uh, and Facebook and Twitter. All right. So, so on, what's today's burning question then, Sam? Uh, today's burning question is, what rule does your partner try to impose on you? Okay. So, well, first off, we had an answer from somebody called Campbell Tyson uh, via Facebook. And he said his partner oh, his wife sorry makes him wipe the shower room with a towel every single day oh really mm. but that would mean you'd get piss on your towel <laughs> <laughs> um, we also had there was another one on facebook from uh chris uh from australia uh he said uh my wife tries to ask me not to dribble on the toilet seat or the floor but you know it's quite difficult due to the massive size of my banana <laughs> right 
Um, Surely, if your banana's massive, then you should be hitting the toilet without getting it all over the sides. I think you know, if you're getting it all over the sides, then it would suggest that it's not quite as big as he thinks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, unless it's so big that he's just going over the back of the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, write in and let us know. <laughs> Don't bother. <laughs> I'm not that interested. Um, yeah, well, I suppose I know the final one. I guess we, we somebody on Facebook, well, Christiane Brew, she said that her partner says that maybe she should try to cut down on smoking. And according to this, she says, uh, every time he suggests that, she says, yeah, I probably should, whilst lighting up a cigarette. Famous for being addictive, aren't they? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, how about you, John? What is your answer to the burning question? Um, something that my wife tries to impose. Oh, well, being married to a Japanese woman, she's obsessed with making me wear a face mask if I have a cough or a sneeze or anything. <laughs> All right, this isn't a Halloween face no, mask. No, this is one of those white face masks that you see on uh, Japanese people. Surgical face masks. Surgical face masks, yeah, and I refuse. Although recently I had the flu, and so I did wear one because I had the flu and we've got a small baby. But I, as soon as I started wearing it, I knew that she now thinks that that means next time if I'm sick, I'm just definitely going to wear it. So I kept saying to her, this is only because I've got the flu. So it has to be the flu or a worse disease or condition for me to wear a face mask. How often does your wife wear a face mask? Oh, every opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, she even Sometimes even in bed, which I think is the most insane thing. She said, it's you know, if she's got a sore throat, it's to stop me getting sick, which I don't believe because I think... She'd be quite happy if I was to drop dead sometimes. <laughs> uh, do you have life insurance? <laughs> no, that's oh, probably, yeah, that's, that's the why. reason you're alive. That's why she's wearing a face mask. She doesn't want me to die just yet. Uh, how about for yourself? Um, uh, yeah, my wife. Uh, she she very strictly imposes the rule that I must sit down to pee. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes. In the house that you built. <laughs> yeah, well, not with my own hands, but certainly was involved in paying for it. <laughs> um, the Yeah, and she's she's quite strict about it. Sometimes if I go for a wee standing up and then <laughs> she'll shout from the kitchen, <laughs> I can hear that. <laughs> so... Um, in fact, well, I have a small, small son too. And I'm glad you said son at the end of that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> well, not the only thing. Uh, the, yeah, I have a small son and he's obviously uh, doesn't have the best name, but I get blamed a lot for his inaccuracies. <laughs> but I think there is a bit the opposite way where he probably gets blamed for some of mine too. So does does is he allowed to stand up and pee, and it's just only you that has to sit down? <laughs> yeah, peeing favoritism. In <laughs> yeah, his house. it is. Yes, exactly. Yeah, he. Uh, I'm sure that he'll get that imposed upon him in the future too. But something that she did uh, recently, uh, I came I came home and found she'd stuck around the rim of the toilet what I could only describe as piss sponges. <laughs> <laughs> so these are little sponges that are kind of glued or something to the just the inside of the rim yeah. and the top of the rim that's kind of soaks up any excess errage pee yeah but the problem is what happens is that they soak up the pee and then, when you sit on them it just squeezes <laughs> squeezes pee all over your bum <laughs> yeah. nice. oh no not on the top of the seat between right. the seat and the toilet Oh right! Oh okay. yeah. So, oh, then, so when you sit down, you squeeze the pee. You out squeeze the, the pee out, and then it drips all down. The oh. floor. And and they and they're holding like you might have them on there for three or four days. They're holding mm. like three or four day old pee. You're essentially storing right. sponges of pee on your toilet. Lovely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and that's this week's burning question. <laughs> okay. 
Right, so uh, in this part of the show, we like to feature some stand-up comedy. So who have we got today, Sam? Uh, today's performer is Ruben VM. Uh, he's from, well, he has a Dutch background, but I think he was born and raised in New Zealand. Loving the Dutch today. Yeah, loving the Dutch. Um, and now he's uh, living in Japan, and he's the only English-language musical comedian that we know in Japan. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, He's an amazing performer. Seen him live loads of times. So yeah. I think yeah, you guys are going to really enjoy this one. Ruben VM. This is a song about um, Pyeongchang 2018. great stuff so that's it for this episode John did you enjoy it yep mega enjoyed it a lot can't wait to do it all over again uh, me too that just gives us time to say thanks to our guest Hager and uh, thanks to our featured performer Ruben VM who also does a lot of the jingles and the theme tune for this show so if you want to find out more about them and their work you can find all of that at johnandsaminjapan.com yep and also like if you uh, want to be involved in the show we like anything to do with the burning questions the news stories or if you want your stand up featured on this or your musical comedy again just johnandsaminjapan.com yeah and obviously this is a free show so it would really help us a lot if you would subscribe to our podcast give us a 5 star rating write a review tell your friends tell your family tell anyone 
any colleagues, enemies, just people in the street, tell anyone, please. <laughs> That's it. Thanks again to all those involved, but most of all, thanks to you, the lovely listener. Yeah, catch, catch you later. Don and Sam in Japan, the International Comedy Podcast. <laughs>